0: Deuteronomy chapter number one, Deuteronomy chapter number one, and I will begin reading in verse number 22 when you find your place, and let me remind you one more time about the service tonight at 5.30 instead of starting at 6, and we'll go through all of our action items and Uh, rejoice in how good God has been to us. Uh, But we have been in the book of Deuteronomy in our Sunday school hour uh, uh, since the beginning of the year. Our theme, Possess the Lamb, and uh, I'm going to bring a message this morning from Deuteronomy chapter 1, and Lord willing, I'll bring the message tonight from Deuteronomy 1 as well. Uh, But I want us to look at verse number 22, and uh, we'll read down through verse number 26. Uh, but then I would have you keep your Bibles open this morning, as we'll refer to several uh, verses in this chapter. Verse number 22 of Deuteronomy chapter number 1, And ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search us out the land, and bring us word again by what way we must go up, and into what cities we shall come. And the saying pleased me well, and I took twelve men of you, one of, one of a tribe. And they turned and went up into the mountain, and came unto the valley of Eskel, and searched it out. We're being reminded of the 12 spies uh, who were sent into the land of Canaan to search out the land that God had promised. Verse 25, and they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, it is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. Notwithstanding, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. Uh, Verse 26 is an indictment against what God refers to as that evil generation who would not go forth by faith in obedience and take that which God had promised them. The promise had been made, the promise would be fulfilled, all they had to go, do is go take it. But I want to draw your attention to one word in verse number 26, and it's the word notwithstanding. If you mark in your Bible, I would encourage you to circle that word, make a note of it. And that word is the title of my message this morning, that word notwithstanding. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we pray uh, this morning that you would meet with us. We certainly need you. As your preacher this morning, I I don't want to do anything in my own power, my own flesh. Uh, But Father, I need you to work through me today. I need uh, to deliver the message that you've sent this morning And may I do so in uh, your power. Father, I pray that uh, with a hearer this morning, uh, we need the Holy Spirit of God uh, so that we might get the instruction that you've sent for us today. Father, I'll ask again if there's one unsaved this morning, uh, may they realize their need of salvation, realize that Jesus is their only hope, and may they put their faith and trust in him. Uh, But may we be quick, may we be ready to do business with you today. Uh, We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we have been in this book of Deuteronomy, and I'm finding a, uh, a very interesting uh, study that we have been in in our Sunday school hour this, this year, and we're reminded once again of the fact that now the children of Israel are being told it's time to go possess the land. This land that God had already promised, this land that was there waiting for them, but uh, we know the story, and we're reminded of it again as uh, this generation that they did not go and fulfill that. But I want you to be reminded, and look at verse 21. We find that, Behold, the Lord thy God has set the land before thee. Moses is telling the people, there it is. Uh, he, he said, here's the land. It's set before you. you, don't have, you it's not hard to find. Here, here, it's ready for your taking. And he has set the land before them. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of thy fathers has said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. He had given them the land. He says, fear not. He never told them there wouldn't be an enemy. He just said you don't have to fear the enemy. And he said don't be discouraged. He never told them there wouldn't be an obstacle. He just said don't be discouraged when you see it. I am your God. I have promised you this land. It is yours. All you have to do is possess it. You don't have to fear an enemy. You don't have to be, be afraid of an obstacle. Don't be discouraged. I have already given it to you. What a promise. What a God. And then Moses begins to reflect on the fact, and then the idea was presented, that we send spies into the land, and so one man per tribe, and they were sent into the land. And we see in verse number 25, uh, after they searched the land out in verse 24, verse 25, and they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us. These spies went into that land and they actually held the fruit of the land in their hands. It wasn't something that somebody told them about. It was no longer something that God had promised them. It was the reality of the fruit of God's promise. They touched it. They felt it. They held it in their hands and the scripture reminds us that they brought it down for everyone to see. And brought us word again and said, it is a good land. The twelve spies, they were sent into the land. They searched it out. They brought back the fruit of the land. They didn't bring back the fact that we've seen the fruit. They actually brought the land back. And they confirmed what God had told them. It's a good land. They confirmed that what God had promised them is a reality. It is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. What a God. God says I have a land for you. It is yours. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. You're going to see the enemies and they're going to look mighty and they're going to look like they're stronger. Don't even fear them. It's your land. Don't get discouraged along the journey. It's your land. I am God. I've given it to you. I've promised it to you. And just to confirm, they sent out those 12 spies and oh, when those 12 spies searched out the land, they came back and gave the report and said, it's it's a good land like God said it was. As a matter of fact, we're holding the fruit of the land in our hands. Here it is. Well, if... We could just put a period right there and say, how do we think this story unfolded? You've got a God who is big. You've got a God who is great. You have a God that when He makes a promise, it is already done. There's not a question about it being done. It is as good as done because God is a great and a mighty God. And He gives a promise besides the land, don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't be discouraged. And then he allows the people to confirm what he has already told them. They held the fruit in their hand. They came back and gave the report, oh, God said it was a good land. It's a good land. But we find in verse 26, as we've read, they rebelled Against God. That word, notwithstanding, is an important word. It's a key word. It means, although, in spite of this fact. The way it's used in this verse of Scripture, it is almost as if the previous facts never even were mentioned. Here is all that God has said, and notwithstanding, or in, in spite of, or as if what we just read never even took place. We find the reaction of God's people. Because when you hear that God says, I've promised you a land, you don't expect God's people to rebel against God. When we hear how uh, he says, fear not, don't be discouraged. And they actually go into the land and they hold the fruit and they see the fruit and they report back. It's as if God, God, it is exactly what God said that it is. You would expect the next verse of scripture, the, the, the next thing we read to be for them to follow through on what God has promised. But we find that word notwithstanding, in spite of what we've already heard. As if what was just said, the facts given, didn't even exist. Now we have the actions that don't correlate with what we have heard. It's as if God never told them The land was promised. It's as if God had never said, don't be afraid. It was as if God had never said and never allowed them to see the fruit of the land and confirm that the land was as if God had said it by their actions. In verse number 26, and continue down, it was as if God never made a promise to them that what God had told them had never even been said. That word, notwithstanding, unfortunately, is found in the life of a lot of Christians as well. Just as God said, I'm giving you this land. Just as God says, don't be afraid, because when I make a promise, it's fulfilled. Just the same God who said, I'll let you confirm in your own life and confirm in your own heart that what I say is true. I'll let you touch the fruit. I'll let you see the fruit. I'll let you know that what I've told you is true. Just as God's people in this passage of Scripture acted as if God had never even promised that. Acted as if God had never even said, notwithstanding, in spite of what is fact, in spite of the facts presented, acted as if God had never spoken those words. Unfortunately, in the life of a lot of Christians, notwithstanding is a word that can be found in their actions as well. Hebrews 10.25 says, "...not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together." As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Boy, in the lives of some Christians, we have what God says, but notwithstanding, in spite of what God has said, as if God never said that a child of God should be in the house of God. A lot of Christians, if you watch their church attendance and when the doors are open and, and so much more the day approaching, the closer we get to Christ returning. We as His children, we ought to assemble as much as we can, as often as we can, and Every time the church doors are open uh, to sing to our Savior and to hear the Word of God preached, we ought to gather together because, oh, the trump could sound and I want to be ready. I want to be encouraged. But in the church attendance of a lot of Christians, it's as if God never even said it. It's as if God never even put it in the Bible. Notwithstanding, in spite of what God has said, we'll attend church when it's convenient for us. When it comes to the matter of giving and tithing, it's as if you can't even find that in the Bible in the life of a lot of Christians. God has given admonishments and God has given commands, but notwithstanding. In spite of what God has said, in spite of the principles that God has established. In Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Notwithstanding, in spite of the fact there is the tithe, in spite of the fact there is the heart of the Christian that says, I want to give unto the things of God and Give unto the work of God. If you check the giving records of some Christians, it's as if God never speaks about giving. It's as if God never mentions the tithe. It's as if God never mentions giving to the work of God. It's as if God has never said with a cheerful heart and be a cheerful giver, notwithstanding in spite of what God has said, in spite of what Scripture has said, we, 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 we we're not going to give to the things of God. We're not going to give to the work of God, notwithstanding in spite of what has already been said by God spite of the fact that God emphasizes and gives illustration after illustration in Scripture that those that hold back from Him pay a price. And those that are free to give to Him, He gives back over and over again. But in the life of some Christians, it's as if God never even said it. It's as if God never even recorded it in His book. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. This is just one prayer promise of the Scripture, but notwithstanding. I wonder, Christian, does your prayer life reflect? Do you live in a way that is as if God never even said that He would answer you? Oh, I think we'd be a lot quicker to go to our God than to wring our hands and to, and to try and solve the problem ourselves and, and think of what God has said. He said, I'll answer you and make your petitions known unto me. And if you ask in my name, all the prayer promises that we could take time if we had it this morning to go through, that the principle is this. We have a God who sits on His throne. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All things are His, and He wants to hear from His children. We have access to Him through His Son, but notwithstanding, it's as if in the life of some Christians, because it's been a long time since they've made a petition to God, it's been a long time since they've entered into their prayer closet, it's as if God never even promised it. It is as if God never even said it. It is as if God has never even made the promise that He will hear the requests made to Him. Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Oh, we have the principle of God is the top of our priority list, and We are instructed and we are told and reminded that if you seek Him and you seek His righteousness and seek His things, He will add to your life and He will add the things. But yet, notwithstanding, in spite of what God has said, there are too many Christians today that they're too busy trying to add the things to their life and not seeking Him first. And why in the world would we spend our life seeking to add the things that God said He would just give you? If you put Him first, God has made that promise, but notwithstanding, in the life of some Christians, it's as if God never even made that admonishment. It's as if Jesus never even said those words. It's as if it's not even in the Bible, by the priority of their own life, it's as if God never said it, in spite of what the Scripture says. Matthew 6, 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first great commandment we know. Often we'll quote it, and here we have our Savior, Savior mentioning it in Scripture, but notwithstanding, in spite of what the Bible says, how many Christians today, In this ought to convict all of us, we fall short. It's not even our goal. It's not even our mindset. We go day after day after day. And, and if the preacher doesn't remind us on Sunday morning, we don't think about our Heavenly Father. We don't think about the spiritual things. We don't love the, our Lord like we should love Him. It's as if God never put that command in the Bible. It's as if Jesus never mentioned it as the standard for all Christians. Second 2 Timothy 2.22, Flee also youthful lust. But follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. God has given a command to flee youthful lust. To flee the things that appeal to the flesh. And God has said, here's what you ought to follow, but notwithstanding. In spite of what God has said, it's as if God never said it. It's as if God never warned us. It's as if God never gave any admonition in the life of a lot of Christians. Oh, we know what God has said. He's put it in Scripture, but how are we living? That word notwithstanding, as if God never said it, as if God never admonished us, and we're going to live in a way, we're going to follow what we want to follow. There's a reason, he says, flee things, flee those youthful lusts, run from them, stay away from them, but notwithstanding. In spite of what God has said, how many Christians today have just given in to the the, the appeals and the lust of the flesh because God gave an admonition and they ignored it. Acted as if God never even said it. Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. God has reminded us in Scripture that we don't know what He knows. His thoughts are so much above our thoughts. We don't know what He's doing. His ways are so much higher than our ways. But yet, we act as Christians notwithstanding in spite of what God has said, as if God has never reminded us of that, and we like to put our thoughts on equal plane with His thoughts. We like to put our ways on equal plane with His ways, and we live in a way of no faith, and we live in a way of a lack of obedience. We live in a way of thinking that we have the answers that that, that God has not revealed to us, but He has said that His ways are above ours, His thoughts are above ours, notwithstanding Christian, how many are living today in spite of what God has reminded us, in spite of what God has said, we are living taking matters into our own hands as if God never even said it Romans 8 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose if you put that in proper context that is not a promise that everything is going to work out okay that is a promise that if God allows it, it will work out to good that will honor and glorify Him. And you and I just need to put our lives, you and I just need to put everything in His hands. And we have that promise of God that if I'm just faithful to Him and I just trust Him and I just love Him and I just pursue Him and I'm just faithful to the words that He is, he is commanded, that it's going to work out okay and God's in complete control and He's got it under control and all I have to do is just depend on Him and we have that promise of God notwithstanding how many Christians live as if God never said those things. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. If you know this passage of Scripture, you know the Apostle Paul asked for God to Remove the thorn in his flesh. Three times he asked God if he would remove it. And his answer was, no, I'll not remove it because my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is enough. When you get to the end and you've got no more, my grace is enough to get you through. When the hour is the darkest and you don't know how you're gonna survive, my grace is enough to get you through. When the body is weak and the body is frail and you don't think you can go any further, we have a promise from God who says, My grace is sufficient. How much is His grace? It's enough it's sufficient. We have a God who cares for every need, and in our darkest of times, in our heavy burdens, our broken heart, the afflictions that we have to carry, we have a promise from God that says, you may not in your strength be able to sustain it, but that's where my grace steps in. That's where my strength steps in. You have a promise from God that no matter how heavy the burden gets, no matter how your heart breaks, no matter how weak your flesh and your body is. His grace will carry you through. Notwithstanding. How many Christians. Live in spite of. What he has said. You talk to some Christians. And while we don't like our burdens. And we don't like the thorns in our flesh. And we don't like the things that we have to live with and deal with. It's as if we have never heard God say. My grace is sufficient. It's as if we have never known the promise that His grace will be enough. It's as if God never said it. And we stay in our ash heap and we have our pity parties and we quit on God and we get bitter because we don't understand what He's doing when we have a promise that says, Don't quit. I'm enough for you. Don't give up. Don't despair. When you've got no more strength... My strength will sustain you. When you have no more understanding, my understanding will carry you through. But yet, in the lives of some Christians, we are throwing in the towel, we are resigning from service, we are quitting on God because we just can't do it anymore. We just can't go all the way. But we have a promise from God, but notwithstanding... In spite of what God has said, Christian, are you quitting on God? Christian, are you giving up because you just don't have any more to give? God has promised, my grace is sufficient for thee. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. We have a command, we have an admonishment to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. That is in the Bible, that is in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall, not direct, thy, he shall direct thy paths. What God is telling us to trust me with every bit of you, trust me with all thine heart, trust me with everything. And don't depend on what you understand. Don't depend on what you can figure out in all thy ways. Not part of your ways, in all thy ways. Acknowledge me, and I'll show you what path to walk. I'll show you the next step to take. I'll show you the next direction. Boy, what a wonderful promise of God. Trust in Him with all thine heart. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to know the end. Hey, I've just got to trust God. And I have that promise that He will always show me the way. He will always carry me through. Notwithstanding. In spite of what God has said, how many Christians today, you won't depend on God, you won't put complete faith in God, you won't trust Him with all your heart because you're leaning on your own understanding. You're trying to figure it out yourself. You're trying to look around the corner or down the path or, or, or on the other side of the valley or, or on, on the, across the mountaintop and what is, how is this all going to come about and, and how is this going to take place? And we have a command. God said, you're not going to understand it. Quit trying to understand it. You don't have to figure it out. You just trust me with all of your heart in all your ways. Just acknowledge me and say, God, I don't know where to go today. I've got to trust you. i got to follow you you've got to give me the direction I need when I need it and guess what today I got through today I survived today and I'm just following him and God I don't know the answer and I, and I don't know how to figure it out and I'm just going to depend on you and every single time our God says I'll show you the way to go I'll get you through the valley I'll get you down the road just trust me but how many how many Christians live as if God never said that they live as if they, as if they turn in their Bible right now. The Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 are not there. Did not God say to the children of Israel, I've given you a land. Don't fear. Don't be discouraged. Did not those 12 spies go into that land and hold the fruit, touch the fruit, taste the fruit, Bring the fruit back and confirm. God, it is exactly as God has said. But then there's that word, that's the problem. Notwithstanding. In spite of God making a promise. In spite of God giving an admonition. In spite of them confirming in their own hearts and minds, it is as God said it is. They still acted like God never said it. They still acted like God was not capable of doing it. In spite of what He said, they rebelled against Him. They murmured against Him. They disobeyed Him. Is it not True in the life of Christians today, that word notwithstanding, if we were to have an epitaph on on the on the tombstone of some spiritual lives, that would be the one word etched on the tombstone. Is notwithstanding, God made a promise, and in spite of that, I acted a different way. Notwithstanding, God issued a command. In spite of that, it's as if God never said it. As if He never admonished it. It was never written in Scripture and preserved for all generations. I'm just going to live a different way. I guess the same would be true of gossip, wouldn't it? I guess the same would be true of discord sowing. I guess the same would be true of our speech and what our speech is supposed to be. How about, Christian, how about the bitterness that you have in your heart and the unforgiveness that you have in your heart and you know, I know I've heard all the excuses, well pastor you don't know what was done to me and you don't know what, <clears throat> what they did to me and you don't know the suffering that I had to endure uh, friend you're bringing up some things that I don't know that I can help you with but all I can tell you is I have a God that says that we ought to forgive as he has forgiven and I can't explain how it all happens but I know that God has said that if you'll forgive you'll be free If you forgive, you'll be free. And all you have to do is forgive. But how many Christians today? They sit in the corner of an auditorium. Or they used to attend church. Or it's been a long time since the Holy Spirit has worked in their life. It's because they're harboring bitterness. It's as if God never said forgive. Forgive. It's as if God Himself never forgave. This morning, with this in mind, I want to give three quick admonishments. That if God's people had grasped, that generation would not be labeled the evil generation. They would not have wandered in the wilderness until they all died. If they had grasped this and they had seen the goodness of God and all that God had done and they had not acted like God never said it. Very quickly, let me mention the first one is found in verse 26. We see, notwithstanding, you would not go up but rebel against the commandment of the Lord your God. First thing we have to do is just obey. It's a big theme of our Sunday school lesson today and it's a big theme of Scripture, Obey. All they had to do was just go where God told them to go. All they had to do was just journey the day in front of them. All they had to do was go and take that which God had given them. He had promised it to them. He had shown that it was what He said it was. But yet... In spite of what God has said, they rebelled against the commandment of the Lord. Let's just be honest this morning. In the life of the Christian, the reason why we are not obeying the commands of God, the reason why, and maybe it's one of the scripture references I mentioned, is not because we don't understand it, it's because we're rebelling against it. It's just obedience. All they had to do is just obey. Hey, if, if, you know, if, if I have an affliction, if, if I'm carrying a burden, and I don't have enough strength to continue on, I want the grace of God, all I have to do is just not quit on God. All I have to do is just lean on Him. Hey, in direction of life and figuring things out for my life in the direction uh, that we move forward in as a Christian, as a family, as a church, I don't have to figure it all out. Sometimes I get asked, Pastor, you got it all figured out? Oh no, because I'm thankful that a God has got something for us that's much bigger than I can dream up, much bigger than I can think up. I just got to depend on Him and we just got to follow Him. It's just obedience. Secondly, we must believe Him over our own. Well, I'll just leave it as this we must believe Him. In verse number 26, we see that they rebelled. In verse number 27, and they went so far as to murmur in their tents. And said, because the Lord hated us. What an absurd accusation against God. They saw the size of the enemy in verse 28, verse 29. Then I said unto you, dread not, neither be afraid of them. Verse 30, the Lord your God which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that He did for you in Egypt before your eyes. He said, you've already seen the miracles that He's done. You've already seen what He has already accomplished. And in the wilderness where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee as a man that doth bear His Son, In all the way that ye went until ye came into this place. Verse 32. Yet in this thing ye did not believe the Lord our God. You saw the miracles that He did. We don't have time this morning, but to think back to the miracles that God did when His people were in bondage. And the the laws of nature that God just bent and changed because... He's the creator and he's the one who wrote the laws of nature and all the miracles that took place and the parting of the Red Sea and the provision in in the wilderness and all that he had done. You had seen all of that. You had witnessed all of that. You had received the benefit of all of that. But yet, verse 32 again, this thing, you did not believe the Lord your God. When it comes time, when it came time, for them to go and possess the promise that God had made possess the land fulfill they all they had to do was just go into the land you saw him part the red sea but you wouldn't believe that he could do this you never thought you'd get out of bondage And He brought you out of bondage by His own hand. And yet you get on the cusp of the promise that He has made. And you have the promise to not fear. You have the promise to not be discouraged. And God is such a good God that He lets you taste the fruit of it. And hold the fruit of it. And confirm in your own finite minds and heart that yes... This is what God said it was. And you get to that point and you couldn't believe that He could get you all the way in. You couldn't believe that He could defeat the enemy. You've got to believe. You've got to trust. Number three. We find in verse 33, who went in the way before you. Trust Number three, trust his provision over your own. It's very simple this morning. Obey, believe, and trust his provision over your own. Verse 33 is a great verse. Who went in the way before you to search you at a place to pitch your tents in and fire by night and to show you by what way you should go in a cloud by that day. Verse 32, we know yet in this thing you did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you. You, you. You're trusting in your provision over His provision? Before you ever got in the wilderness, He was already there making a way. Before you, before you got to where you are right now, He was already making the way for you. You mean, you wouldn't trust Him who's already gone ahead and made a way? We often say this as Christians. I know I've said it as a preacher and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I don't think it's quite accurate. We'll say, well, God will make a way. Friend, that is not true. God will not make a way. He's already made a way. He is already there. If he has placed a burden on your shoulders, he's already carved out the path for you. So, oh, what is God gonna do? And where is he gonna take us? And how are we gonna fulfill this? God's already ahead. He said he already cleared out the wilderness for you, a place to pitch your tent. While you're wondering, where am I going where are we gonna pitch our tents? Where are we gonna sleep at night? How are we gonna do it? It and God's already cleared out a spot for you. All you got to do is keep going a little bit further till it's time to pitch that tent. Well, I'll go down there if I know how I'm going to stay warm at night, if I know how I'm going to find direction. God says, You just go. I've already got the pillar of fire to keep you warm at night, I've already got that great cloud to lead you and show you where to go. Trust His provision over your own. Many times we live as a Christian. As if God never gave us a Bible. He never gave us a truth. Often I'll do what it's part of my responsibility as your pastor to do. When you're a little discouraged and say, Pastor, I'm dealing with this, I'll say, Hey, my grace is sufficient for thee. I know, Pastor, but did you not hear? the God who created you, whose ways are above your ways, said, my grace will be sufficient. My grace will be enough. Oh, pastor, I I need a miracle. Oh, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. Well, I know, but this is big. It's as if God never gave us his book. It's as if God never made a promise. That word, notwithstanding, will keep you from having the promises of God fulfilled in your life it will keep you from having victory in your life it will keep you from having answered prayers in your life it will keep you from possessing the land it will keep you from getting all that God wants to give you well I don't know how it's going to work you don't have to know how it's going to work you have a God who said depend on me trust in me lean on me and so many times we live as if God never said that We live as if God has never showed us in the past that I'm enough to get you to where you need to go. The saddest thing of all is that God has said that there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And yet many pursue a relationship with a church trying to work their way to heaven. And God has spoken and said there's only one way. Christian, what are you facing today? Let me say it like this. Your burden will not defeat you. The word notwithstanding will. Your heartache will not stop you. The word notwithstanding will. The sickness you have, the disappointment that you deal with, the the weaknesses and failures of yourself and others, that cannot stop you. But the word notwithstanding can. Don't live as if God didn't make the promises He made. As if God hasn't shown before that He can deliver you out of Egypt and He can do the miracles that are necessary and, and the direction He's telling you to go, He's already made a way. He's already cleared it out. He's got the answer. Don't live a life of notwithstanding in spite of as if God never said it. Your situation... might surprise you, but it has not surprised God. And you're not the first one to be faced with what you're facing. And you will not be the last one to face what you're facing. I do not have an explanation of why so many have to deal with some of the things you have to deal with. Sometimes I know I'm asked that question as a pastor, say, Pastor, why? And I know you don't really expect an answer sometimes, but I don't have an answer. What I would say to you this morning is let's not let that word notwithstanding keep us from having victory, keep us from having joy, keep us moving ahead as God would have us moving ahead. Father, I pray. That-